With that said, how many are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen? You're glad to be here. You're glad to... How many uh, are going to celebrate Father's Day today? No? Nobody? Oh, praise the Lord. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, let me get this where I need it to be. There we go. And to you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. If you're a father, raise your hand. Happy Father's Day, guys. We have a gift for you at the end of service. Or if your dad's not here and you want to bring a gift to him, we have a gift for you at the end of service uh, that you can pick up uh, that were artfully made by Jenny and Bobby uh, with Eventful Suites. Use them. They're good good people. <laughs> so that's how it goes. We'll do, we're going to do sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. We'll do little sponsors, right? No, no we, can't, we can't do that. Uh, we get in trouble. No. Um, hey, uh, again, thank you to Tim for ministering. Listen, uh, please continue to keep our nation and its leaders in your prayers. Uh, please continue. You see the news. I see the news. We don't need to rehash the news. It's, it's, it's all pretty depressing right now. Uh, but I believe that good things are on the horizon and we're moving, uh, forward, forward with good things. We are hoping and praying that, uh, within by the, by the end of summer here, we can kind of get things back to normal, get things gearing up again in ministry, and then also want to do some sort of church picnic and have some people come together and let's roast a pig or barbecue something and just uh, have fun with that. It'll be a good time. Uh, before we get in the message this morning, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you so much for the message this morning. Lord, I thank you that even uh, in this kind of... Uh, strange season it's been, Lord, that you are still speaking to us. You're still showing us and guiding us where to go and what to do. Lord, I pray that we would be led by your spirit in everything. Not by our emotions, not by media, not by culture, but by your spirit, by your word. Lord, we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many know Father's Day can be a mixed bag of emotions? For many people, right? Uh, some people have fantastic fathers. A grade A, A-plus fathers, right? Kids, my kids, right? Best fathers they ever, ever had in the world, right? Right, Steve? Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? Johnny, best dad ever, right? Yeah, okay. People that were there for them, they were supportive of them. Great fathers. Some may not have had a father in the picture. Right? Some, some fathers were abusive, some were jerks, some were all those different things. So when we think of our father, there's a lot of different emotions that can come up. For some people, their fathers are already passed. And so if their father's passed, they, that, this could be a painful time for them. Mother's Day can be a painful time for, for some people and, and different days of the year that we celebrate these things. And we think, what about the people who are missing fathers or missing mothers or and so if we think about our fathers, just for a minute, think about your father. And if you don't want to answer, that's okay. Just say pass, and I'll be more than understandable. But when you think of your father, Susie, what's, a, what's one word that you think about when it comes to your father? Love. That's a good one. Jenny? Faithful. Katrina? Goofy. I might regret this. Eli? One. Cool? Yeah, I prepped them for that one. How about you? 
Fun. That's always a good one. Mike? Strength. Dream. Fantastic. Carol? Loving. Yeah. Mark? Strong. When we think of our fathers and we think about the words that we, you know, for some people they say, I don't want to, uh, that's a sore subject. I don't want to talk about that subject because for some it's respect and honor and love and strength, right? And for others it's emptiness and anger and, and fear. When we think about our fathers, a lot of times, you know, it's kind of interesting as when you're a kid, uh, when you're a teenager, you don't really know your dad. You just don't. He's, he's the guy. He's in charge. He's there. And so you have this picture of a father. And as you get older and as you start to go experience the things of adulthood, eventually you start to see your father not just as your father, but as a person. As someone who goes through struggles and trials and goes through stuff. So you become familiar with him. You become familiar with having the same experience as he did. He says, you'll never, you'll never know what it's like until you go through it. So you'll never know what it's like to raise kids until you raise kids. Right, Steve? You never know what it's like. You never know about the decisions that are made until you have to make those decisions. And then now you have an informed decision about the way your father did things. Now, my dad... Uh, it's, it's interesting. I just saw my dad. I was in Michigan, saw my dad with the, my, sister's, my sister Katie's wedding. And it was kind of a strange thing because uh, I saw him uh, walk my sister down the aisle. And I just, I don't know, I got, a, I got kind of this weird feeling of, um, man, my dad is kind of getting up there in age and he's retired now. And, he's, and so you kind of feel like, oh, man, dad. Dad's getting older. And so I feel like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just now starting to become familiar with him, but now maybe that familiarity only lasts for so long. My question to you this morning is this. Not, not so much are you familiar with your earthly father, but are you familiar with your heavenly father? And that's a, that's a real question for a lot of people. When we uh, study Scripture, we see the nature of God and specifically what we call the triune nature of God. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? You're all following along, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and that is known as the Trinity, right? Pretty basic stuff. It's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As Christians, we pray to the Father through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's the way it should go. We pray to the Father through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And we know about Jesus. We know about God the Son, right? We're, we're all very familiar with Jesus. And we should be because we're Christians. Amen? It would be pretty tough to be called a Christian and not be familiar with Christ, right? We know about Jesus. We know, we know about a, a lot of the accounts and stories that happen in Jesus' life. And in fact, we try to follow them as examples in our own life. We pray for, listen, we pray for the Holy Spirit to use us and to comfort us, to be near us, especially in times of trouble. But I wonder, and 
we've covered this a little bit, but do we ever look at the character and attributes of God the Father? Who God is is God the Father. When we look at God as God the Father, we can look at him through a few different lenses. And so I want to bring you to some scripture this morning to describe who God is. Not only as uh, just, you know, a lot of times we think of God as just, well, he's God. He's out there just as God, right? But when we understand the Trinity, when we understand that these are, we are, we serve one God and in three persons, right? So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each having individual personalities, each having individual person, uh, yeah, personality is the best way to say it, but that we serve one God in three persons, and it is the great mystery of our faith. The first word that we see in Scripture to describe who God is, who God the Father is, is found in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning... God, that word God there created the heavens and the earth. That word God is the word Elohim. Say Elohim. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Before Yahweh, before I am, we have the beginning. The beginning of God. We have not the beginning of God, the beginning of our understanding of God. Is that, that's the best way to say it. The beginning of Elohim. Our understanding is that this is the beginning for what we know. There's so much more that we don't know. There's so much more, more and more and more that we don't know. Amen. But God, Elohim, is the creator. He is he's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Amen. Right? Where there is a clock, there's a clock maker. Where there's a design, there's a designer. Amen. And so when we think about God, when we think about who he is, we know that the clock has a clockmaker, and we didn't come from nothing. And chaos was not our beginning, right? We didn't come from nothing. Chaos was not our beginning. But you were created with purpose. When we begin to understand that we were created with purpose, we can start to take hold of what God has for us. Before you think that you're just here randomly, I'm here by accident. Before you think that you were just some mistake. Before you think that, remember that God created you with purpose and with destiny in mind. God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah and he said this, Before you were in your mother's womb, I formed or created you. I knew you. I knew you. God knew you. As creator. Amen? The Bible says he knows the hairs on our head. He watches over the sparrow, right? I love that. If he watches over the sparrow, he's watching over me. Because he is my creator. He is Elohim. A lot of times it's easy for us to see God as our creator but it's difficult for us to see him in other ways. It's easy to see God as our creator. God, man, God, you created everything. That's amazing. But it's difficult for us to see him in more personal ways. And so when we look at the personal name of God, go to the next slide. The personal name of God is Jehovah. Say Jehovah. So when we look at the personal name of God, the, 
the everlasting God who keeps his covenants, right? The first, the first word that comes to mind is hasur. Say hasur. It, its name, it means the rock. Say the rock. It means everlasting, right? How, how glad are you to know that God is everlasting, that God is steadfast. He changes not. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. For I am the Lord, I change not. He's, he change, he's not swayed by cultural or political climate. Aren't you glad? Amen. He's not swayed by those things. His truth is constant. How important it is to know that in this age of changing opinions and cultural chaos, the Lord remains steadfast and true in all things. He remains steadfast and true in all things. He is Jehovah. Now we're going to get into some more of the personal names of God in just a minute. And then we think about the Hebrew form of the word for God. Go to the next slide. Most scripture will see it spelled in this way, Y-H-W-H, and we pronounce it Yahweh. Most of the time if we're spelling it phonetically and whatnot, it kind of looks like that. So we say Yahweh, and then we refer to Exodus 3, 13 through 14. It says this, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? This is Moses speaking to God. God, give me a name. That's what he's saying. He's saying, God, I believe in you. I'm talking to you. I'm having conversation with you. But who are you? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. You know, we just finished a series called I Am about the I am statements of Jesus. And now we see the I am's of the Father. We saw the I am's of the Son because it's a direct reflection of God the Father. Amen? How many know the Son is a direct reflection of the Father? That's just kind of how it goes. Right? So, Christ the Son is a direct reflection of God the Father. And so when we see who God the Father is, who, who is he personally, we can look at the word Jehovah and then see what the description of God is afterwards. So if we were to say Jehovah, go next slide. We see Jehovah Elohim, Genesis 1 verse 1. He's the creator. We know that, right? Then we see Jehovah Jireh. Genesis 22:14. If you want to write these down, you're more than welcome to. But it refers to God as our provider. God provides for our needs, right? Sometimes he provides for our wants too. That's always nice. But he provides for our needs. He's our provider. Exodus 15:26, another personal name of who God is. God is Jehovah Rapha. Say Rapha. I like that. I like that word, Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, God is our healer. Amen? God is our healer. I began to think that on, on uh, Friday, I think it was Friday, I was having a tough time at home. I, I was thinking that I might have to go to the hospital again for 
some issues and, and just not, it, was, it wasn't a great day for me. And to be honest with you, I, mean, I was praying, Lord, bring healing to my body. Lord, bring healing to my body. Because God, I still believe that you heal. I still believe that you are a healer. I still believe that you are a redeemer. When we lose that, we start to lose a picture of who God is. When we start to lose that, we start to lose an understanding of his character and his personality. Because God is still healer today. Amen? I like this one. Exodus 17, 15. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord is my banner. He covers us. I used to, we used to sing this song. I don't even know if they sing it. The banner over you and this banner over me and this banner over us is love, love, love. You ever hear that? That was an old song. I was, I was like 1980s Christian rock. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Christian rock. It was like a worship song we used to sing. But, but we talked about his banner over us is love. That he covers us with his love, Mike. That when you think about all the chaos and all the things I've done in my life and all the things I'm so undeserving, but guess what? He covers us with his love. It's so forgiving. It's so merciful. He covers us with his love. Listen, this is Old Testament God, right? We think about this. A lot of people think Old Testament, that's fire and brimstone. No, no, listen. There's so much mercy and healing and provision and peace. And just as it was then, it is now. That's important to understand. God the Father didn't go away when Jesus showed up on the earth. He is still high and lifted up, right? His, his train fills the temple. Come on. And his banner over us is love. Judges 6.24 Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. I'm not saying this is like the, I think, I'm not saying that this is the most important one because it's not. But man, how many know we need to know God is at our peace during these times? We need to understand God is our peace during these cultural, political times. When we look at it and go, you know what? I don't understand it. I might not be happy about it. It looks like in some ways evil is overtaking the world. But God is in control. And even though I can't see the whole picture, I know that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Even though I can't see the whole picture, I know that he is Jehovah Rapha. He will bring healing where there needs to be healing. And I believe that's happening in some places. That he is Jehovah Nisi. He is our banner and he is Jehovah Shalom. He will bring peace, whether now or later, eventually the peace of Christ will overcome. Amen? I know we're in a tough spot right now. We're in a, we're in a tough place in a, in a weird time in history. I think about Scripture, and I think about what Jesus says about it. And he says, listen, in this world you will have trouble. But fear not, I have overcome the world. Amen? 
God the Father, God is our peace. I like this last word. Abba. When we think of the word God, when we think of God the Father, we think of Abba. K-Doll. Do you have a close relationship with your dad? He passed, I know, but did you have a close relationship with him? You don't remember? You're very little. How many had a really close relationship with their father? Hey, Jeff, you did. Jeff? <laughs> you had a real close relationship with your dad? You give him hugs a lot? Not so much? Not so much, huh? You tell him you love him a lot? Yeah? I mean, Peg, you said you have a close relationship with your dad. Sometimes little girls have a different relationship than little boys do, right? So little girls climb up on their daddy's lap, right? Only until, you know, <laughs> Eli still does it with me sometimes, but it's good. I told him this morning, I was, sh- I was ruffling his hair, and I said, oh, no, you're going to have a little mustache soon, and we can't, can't give me kisses and stuff anymore. It's going to be awkward. When you were, when, when it was just you and your dad, you, you just give you big hugs. Tightest hugs you can think of, right? You feel peace and you feel comfort. You feel safety and security because that is your daddy, right? So when we think of Abba, when we think of Abba, God the Father, we think of our daddy. We think of safety and security. We think of someone wrapping his arms around us and saying, it's going to be okay. Romans 8, 14, 15 says, For as many as, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. When we think of the word Abba, think Daddy God. Daddy I think about my relationship with my kids, and they come and give me a hug, and I don't think they say daddy anymore. They say dad, but but I want them to know I love them. I, I care for them. I, there's security. There's safety there, right? And so when we think about our relationship with God the Father, it encompasses, Abba encompasses every part of who God the Father is. The picture is that he's the protector. He's the comforter. He's the peace, right? He's the redeemer. Because that's our picture of Abba Daddy. But so many times how we view our earthly father reflects how we view God the Father. For many people, their relationship to their natural father has directly impacted the relationship they have to their spiritual father. Now, there was an idea that was promoted by the, by the minds like Freud and, and different psychologists who believe that God was made up. They believe that God was made up, and, and, and there's a specific name used called psychodynamic psychology. I'm not going to ask you to repeat that. It's a a big word. Psychodynamic psychology. And follow, follow with me here. 
the spirit. It will determine our view of God because we're just making him, making him up anyway. That's what, that's what the, the theory says, that it comes from the bottom up. Now, what this theory does is it denies any possibility that instead of us reaching up to have a God, that instead God was doing everything he could to reach us, including sending his son to die on a cross. So when I think of psychodynamic psychology, I think that is not truth compared to the word of God, which shows us that God loves us and gave himself for us. Amen? So when we think about our relationship to God, our relationship with God the Father shouldn't be based on our relationship with our Father. Because our natural Father makes mistakes, right? Natural fathers make mistakes all the time, right, kids? I make mistakes all the time. I do. We're not going to have a session or anything right now, but we, there's mistakes made all the time because you're natural, you're, you're imperfect. Sometimes you yell when you shouldn't yell. Sometimes you, sometimes you, you shouldn't yell and you shouldn't laugh, but you laugh anyway because your kid does something funny and it's not appropriate, but you know how it goes. And so you want to be the best father you can as possible, but it's not always perfect. Am I right, dads? It's not always perfect. To help you better understand this dynamic between natural fathers and spiritual father, let me share with you a story. There was a woman named Sally. She was a 28-year-old woman who grew up in a very, very abusive household. Her dad was very personally abusive towards her. As a young girl, she was abused by her father and then always had a miserable, miserable relationship. In high school, she became a Christian. She said this, for years, for years, I felt I could never know God as my father because I had such a rotten relationship with my real father. I thought of God as being like my father. He was untrustworthy, he was demanding, he was merciless, and he was unpredictable. Then I began to realize that my biggest problem was not God, and my biggest problem was not my father. My biggest problem was me. My belief system was all messed up, she says. I was projecting lies onto God and then believing it as truth. Sally fed her faith, eventually started feeding her faith with truth from God's word rather than her own experiences. If it was only her own experiences, God is merciless, judgmental. If it's only her own experiences, God is unpredictable. God is abusive. If it's only her own experiences, but if we look to the God of the Bible, if we look to God the Father as he's revealed in Scripture, we see that he is faithful, he is merciful, and he is consistent. She saw that her view of God was not caused by her own life experience, but what had happened in her own heart. 
She repented. She said her mind was renewed. She progressively was freed to let go of old disappointments, old bitterness, old fears, old demands. And eventually she came to a place where she could say, I give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast love endures forever. Don't let your view of God be established by your own experiences. Amen? It's up to us to study the word. It's up to us to come to him in prayer. As we begin to encounter him on a regular basis, I believe that you will begin to encounter him not as judgment and and bitterness and anger, but as Abba, as Daddy, as God the Father. Father. 